welcome to No Whiskey for Baby, where we pour a drink and figure out how to be parents. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. And we are going to figure out how to be parents through a podcast, through hosting a podcast. Is that how we're going to figure out how to be parents? Yeah, right? That's how it works. Well, you become an expert in something by doing a podcast about it, right? Mm, yes, that's that's how you become become an expert. You don't <laughs> you're not an expert first. No. And then make a podcast. No, you you climb your way to the top of expertise by doing research minimally for a podcast. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good point though. Uh we are not experts. No. We I mean, well what what is a parenting expert? I mean, I guess there are people like childhood psychologists and mm-hmm. anthropologists perhaps, but mm-hmm. That's not us. I have worked in childcare for much of my adult life, but... And I have seen a child. I mean, that's also true. I wouldn't consider myself an expert in parenthood or parenting. Right. I, I have no grounds to give advice, but here we are. This isn't necessarily an advice podcast. No, no, no. We're not giving advice. We're just talking about our experience versus what research and articles say. Yeah, one of the main inspirations for this podcast, for me at least, was um, the Emily Oster series, Crib Sheet and Expecting Better, where she actually goes in and, like, actual studies that have to do with pregnancy and rearing children that make it so that you're not, like, just going and Googling things just to be like, oh my god, what is, am I allowed to have a drink and then breastfeed? And then you see a gazillion people being like, if you do, your baby will die. And then like yeah, the reality of the situation. Yeah, just kills over. Um, but yeah. like, you know, and then you actually do some research and you learn that that isn't the case. But that's not this episode. We're not talking about feeding this episode. No. But we are drinking, so. Yes. As we said in the intro, we are going to pour a drink for every episode. Tonight, we are drinking a dram of Laphroaig lore. It's my favorite. Yeah. Laphroaig is a, a Scotch distillery in Scotland, hence Scotch. Scotch can only be made in Scotland, so of course it's in Scotland. You sound like a noob. Yeah. <laughs> Laphroaig is a fairly, probably, uh, I was going to say the most popular distillery on the island of Isla. That's hard to say. Is it's that It's hard true? to say. Probably. Uh, maybe. M- it might be. It's definitely you close. You don't think that more popular? Lagavulin might, might eke out ahead a little bit. Yeah, um, but Lefroy we are... is a cult favorite, though. Oh yeah, it's everybody's. It's my favorite, and Laura is my favorite. And this was my present for uh, having a baby. Yes, so we are drinking the Lafroig Lore Expression. The flavor <laughs> profile of Lore is very smoky and a little sweet. Um, I think it tastes like a burnt marshmallow a little bit. Yeah, it's like a nice lighter color, aged probably just in bourbon barrels, probably no no other kind of aging in any kind of sherry or port, etc. butts. No sherry butts, probably mm-hmm. just ex-bourbon casks. Mm-hmm. No color added, that's not their style. But like you said, it's like very, it's got a lot of that campfire smoke, peat flavors, uh, a little bit of a medicinal quality, but a lot of sweetness. Um, medicinal? Yeah. I don't taste that. I get some medicinal from it. I disagree. You disagree with what I'm tasting? Yes. Are you in my mouth? Not right now, I'm not. <laughs> so that is what we are drinking tonight. Our first segment for this week's episode is a little segment called This Week in Finn. So This Week Finn turns 15 weeks for 
people. Finn is our child, by the way. Yeah, Finn is our child, Finn Alphonse. And he, we, we doomed him with a name that he will always have to correct people on. We, we named him Finn, spelled F-I-O-N-N, um, like, like jerks. Um, but it's, it's the a, Gaelic spelling. It is the Gaelic spelling. It's how Finn McCool spelled his name, and he was Finn. So if it's good enough for the best warrior that in Gaelic mythology, it's good enough for my son, yeah. I think. No, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week, like I said, 15 weeks. Um, that means he's approximately three months and change. And he's he's doing great. He's, uh, what has he done this week? He's, he's really figured out how to giggle, which is really cute. He's got giggling down. And I feel like when he first, very first started to giggle, it was a little easier to get him to giggle. Like as soon as you found the thing, you could just get him giggling for 10 minutes. Now he's a little uh, little more reserved with it. Like you can get him to giggle, but then you got to find something new because he's already over the thing that he was giggling about. Yeah, but he, he'll giggle all the time now. Yeah. Um, though not today. Today was not a big giggle day. Um, he's also been doing a lot of uh, not talking, but like not screaming, not crying, but just like just loud, cooing. loud noises. Yeah, I think that that's called cooing, even though he's not like cooing like a bird. He's just going, ah, yeah. yeah, that's about right. That was my impression of our son. Yeah, yeah. And then I stick my whole hand in my mouth, drool all over myself. That's another thing that he's been doing a lot of. Yeah, chewing on his hand. Yeah. Um, and putting other things in his mouth, too. Um, it's true. That's, that's the stage. It's, uh, that's normal. Yeah. Um, he's not teething. There are no teeth, so I don't think that any of that's happening. Yeah. Um, but he is shoving things in his mouth all the time. I thought he was teething at first, but he is not. Nope. So. No teeth yet. No. I'm sure you will be the first to know. Yeah. <laughs> For lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. Well, he it won't hurt me at first. I'll, I'll figure out that he's cutting a teeth when he... There'll probably be like little... It looks like little, usually looks like little blood blisters on his gums. Oh, okay. Apparently it's really painful. I feel bad. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason that people resort to like rubbing whiskey on their children's gums, which you should not do. No whiskey for baby. No whiskey. Hit that music. For baby. Da, na, 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 na. Nope. Can't use that. <laughs> that was the start of something we can't use. Do you have a favorite moment, a favorite Finn moment from this week? I think him trying to like... Sitting in the tub like he sat in my womb. <laughs> that was going to be just mine like too. Kills me when he, he sits in the tub, in the, the little baby tub that we put in the tub, and he puts one foot on the edge of the tub. And when I was pregnant with him, he would like stick a, a foot out all the time. Like, he, like yeah. there would be something sticking out of me constantly, and it looked ridiculous. Right. Like, I always had, like, an elbow or a foot just, like, sticking out the side of me. And apparently that's just, like, how he sits. It's just one foot out. That's how he's comfortable. I get it. That's also one how I sit. One foot out of the tub. That's probably my favorite thing from this week. That was going to be mine, too. Dang. We should have talked about yeah. this before. It was pretty cute watching him watch the TV, too. I'll, and, I'll go with that one. Okay. Put on, what did you put on, a Baby Einstein video? And he was just, enthralled. Yeah. And um, I... I know that there are some parents that don't do any screen time of any sort before a child is like two. And um, I'm going to go with a hard pass on that. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, unless I decide otherwise, but I don't think I'm going to decide otherwise on that one. That would mean that we couldn't have screen time. Like, that, like how do you do that? Do you just not watch TV while the kids wake? Like, I don't know. We could read up on it. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on that. Next segment. Next thing we are going to talk about is uh, panic Googles. Stress search. Stress search. In this segment, we are going to talk about the Google searches we have done out of benign curiosity or fits of anxiety. Cassie, do you have one from this week? Yeah, it was daylight savings this week. So the night of daylight savings was like, oh my God, was I supposed to have done something different tonight? (laughs) What should I have done differently? Is he gonna be broken? And the answer is no, He's he was fine. I googled infant sleep training fall daylight savings question mark question mark. And nice. found Comprehensive. A, well, yeah, I, I found um, some articles about how best to get a kid to like have a, a better time at daylight savings time. Basically, you're just supposed to uh, push everything half an hour the first day and then half an hour the second, and that's what we did. He wasn't very happy today. He didn't nap very well. He fought his naps. Yeah. But, um, I mean, other than that, I mean, he went, he went to bed at his normal time tonight. So, yeah. and we'll see how he sleeps through the night. He did not sleep through the night last night. But no, he woke up well once in the night been... and then just very er- much earlier than he has been. Yeah. Um, I I do think that perhaps he woke up in the middle of the night because it was a bazillion degrees in his room. Yeah, about a bazillion. The heat kicked on for the uh, like accompanying daylight savings. The heat kicked on and it was close to eighty five degrees in his room because we live in New York City where that's a thing that can happen without your consent. Oh well. <laughs> He's okay. Yes. Did you stress search anything this week, Josh? You know, I don't think that I did. You're much less stressed than I am, generally. Well, you usually get to it first, too. Because I'm more stressed. I... Well, right, yeah. Um, no, I don't think I had anything this week that I stress searched. Nothing? No, I don't think so. Let me let me look. Because, like, I picked that out of, like, ten things that I stress searched this week. No, I can't find anything that I, that I searched. Hmm, good for you, man. <laughs> All right, so the the main thing we're going to talk about today is just going to be us talking about our experience with a topic and like what um, research actually says about that topic and what the general public thinks about said topic. Um, And we're starting off with a real uncontroversial one. We're starting out with um, COVID. (laughs) COVID and babies. Yeah, um, I got pregnant. So we got pregnant. Uh, this time last year like maybe exactly a year to the date to today not really sure I don't really remember it was around this time it was around this time um, I found out I was pregnant a couple weeks from today last year when there wasn't COVID was not a thing um, in November of 2019 I mean it was a thing but not in the United States and the day we found out we were having a boy was my last day working on location where I work and from that point we have been home the whole I have been I have been working from home that's right it was the day the day we had the appointment where we found out mm-hmm. and then everything shut down yeah that was my last day where i work um, physically being there physically yeah i still work there but i that was my last day in on location yeah march 13th it was the that friday the 13th that full moon friday the 13th we found out we were having a boy yeah well we found out that our child has a dates yes we don't know that i mean we're gonna say that he's a boy for now but uh we will listen 
Yeah, until he tells us otherwise. Yeah, we well, well, he's a boy for now. Yeah. So we spent most of your, what, the second... We spent half of the pregnancy in... With your parents. Well, no, we spent like a month and a half with my parents. And then we, but we spent half of my pregnancy on lockdown, basically. Right. Uh, all of the visits turned, all of the visits with the midwives turned into just you. For a month and a half, before my third trimester, I we did televisits um, once a month. And that was fun. Um, but it was really, it was weird because, like, it was good because Josh could be there for the televisits visits but you couldn't be there but you know they couldn't measure me they couldn't make sure that I was like progressing well they were going like they at one point thought that I was gaining too much weight and the reality was that I was not gaining too much weight I actually had um maybe too much amniotic fluid like it it wasn't a problem but like I I did not gain too much weight during this pregnancy and then I I didn't gain almost any weight during this pregnancy in in reality. It was all baby and fluid. Yeah. My experience was that it's very stressful, like emotionally stressful. Yeah. Well, especially at first when there wasn't enough information about how vulnerable pregnant people are for, you know, for for COVID Mm -hmm. and how, what the impact would be on a pregnant woman and what the impact would be on the unborn baby or what the impact would be on a newborn baby. There just wasn't enough information. Yeah. Information that was coming out of China was that, you know, if you got COVID, you were more likely to go into preterm labor. But there just wasn't that much research. And like, frankly, there still isn't that much research. Like if you get there's no reason to think that people who are pregnant are more susceptible to COVID because oftentimes people who are pregnant are healthy yeah um so aren't more susceptible but that is not always and if you catch covid and it's bad you are way more likely to go into preterm labor but there's no but it's hard to tell if that's because like if you're very 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 sick they might want to try to deliver the baby because you're very 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 sick and you need to like be on a ventilator right hard to tell you know yeah um, something that did happen this um, in in the in the spring and the summer was that they found that there were significantly less premature babies than there would have been. Like statistically, there were less premature babies, um, and they think that it's because people were not physically stressing their bodies. Right, they're not commuting. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, on and off of the subway. They're not up walking around at work. Um, they're at home. There's still there's still some stress from. Definitely some stress from working from home, but... A shocking amount of emotional stress, but not very much physical stress. Yeah. Um, Well, mostly mostly stretchy pants and sitting. Um, Sounds great. Removed from the actual reality? That sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) Say, well, I'm shocked personally at how people are having babies right now. Yeah. You mean people that are actually like... Like purposefully Purposefully trying. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there are some people who it, things haven't changed that significantly for them. Like maybe some, maybe people are working from home, but maybe not. But like, I don't know, with so much uncertainty. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, some people may, you know, obviously there are probably people that were planning on having a baby sometime soon anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe looking at their situation, they're thinking, oh, well, now, like maybe these are couples where both both partners are working from home. And so they're thinking, oh, maybe now is actually a great time because we'll be home all the time with the kid. And yeah. what else are we doing? I, I, It's like a, one of those blessing and curses for me. Like it's a blessing that we don't have to send Finn to daycare. Yeah. Like for lots of reasons, monetarily, like, yeah, monetarily, and also, like emotionally, like yeah. I like the idea that during normal times, like so, in a, I'm starting work again in a week and a half, and the idea that no- normally I would be like in a week and a half, just like dropping him someplace with people I don't know that well and just leaving him there while I'm at work. No, absolutely not. Like yeah. I wouldn't be like my my little heart would be breaking. As it is, I'm like a little nervous that it's going to be very hard to work at home and take, care, and of take care of a baby. I mean, he's not walking yet. Like he's not he doesn't need that much entertainment, um, but he is um, nursing. You know, trying to get him to nurse while I'm working is going to be tough. And the timing of his uh, fussiness seems to <laughs> land perfectly with when we need him to not be fussy. Well, I think that he but probably that's just can babies. sense that. Like, he yeah. can sense that I'm not fully paying 100% attention to him. Sure. And so he's like, but excuse me. I am here. I am baby. I'm baby. Pay attention to me. Look at me. Entertain me. Smile at me. But yeah, if my attention, like, you know, he, he can tell when I'm like, if I'm just like on my phone sitting next to him, he doesn't seem to care very much if he's like, you know, just chilling. But like, if I'm trying to get some stuff done, he tends to like be a little bit cranky about it. But I've been experimenting with um, text banking, which like is not the same level of difficulty as my job is, but is like a thing that I'm doing that's on the computer that like needs my attention. And I've been able to do that with him pretty easily you know as long as people at my work are fine with my video being off for like half the time during zoom then we're fine i mean i think a lot of companies do that anyway i don't think everyone i don't think everyone's required to have their video on they're not um but i do a lot of video meetings with um where where i'm like the leader of the meeting and i do a lot of video meetings that are quite small so if I'm not speaking, it would be a problem. But you can have your video off and talk. Or like keep my video on and mute myself for most of the time and write in the chat if I need to, if he's being yeah. real fussy. There's, yeah, there's this whole thing, like my job is not a work from home job. So like ha- doing my job while at home requires some like, you know, it's not like a normal, you know, desk job. But my job is not all, all desk. Right. So having... Be, yeah, you know, but everyone at my work has been so accommodating and so kind thus far. Yeah. Not super concerned that they're going to be like, get it together, Cassie. I feel like it would be a little ridiculous for a, a company to ask a new mother to come back to work when that work is 100% from home right now, but also to expect that new mother to have childcare right now. Yeah, nobody has childcare right now. No. So like, it's not, I they don't pay me well enough that I could have a, a, like a babysitter come in. No. And also right now, that would be, I don't know if that would be a I good idea. I, I wouldn't mean, want to do that. If I if I can help it, I don't yeah. want to. Yeah, I, I would like to contain the spread. So as, as far as COVID goes with, with the baby, it does not appear necessarily that babies are super susceptible to COVID. No, I was trying to... All of the information is all like so... Like, I think that the reality is that babies don't normally catch COVID. Just like children don't normally catch COVID. But... 
when they do, it's not good news. Like, and not like catch, like have symptoms from COVID. So according to an article from Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic? The Mayo Clinic. There you go. It just says Mayo Clinic. Right, but it's like, but you said it as if you've never heard of the Mayo Clinic before. No, I have. Okay. Um, from Mayo Clinic? Mayo Clinic. <laughs> How are babies affected by COVID-19? Although rare, Children under age one appear to be at higher risk of severe illness with COVID-19 than older children. This is likely due to their immature immune systems and smaller airways, which make them more likely to develop breathing issues with respiratory virus infections. Right. Um, so, but it's it's rare for them to catch it at all. Yes. But if but they catch it with, with symptoms, it's bad news bears. Right. But that's with anything for a newborn, right? Like if a newborn yeah. caught any sort of, well, you know, like... newborns catch cold. Colts. Right, right. Um, he's not a newborn anymore, though. He's an infant. That's true. Well, in the, I'm, I'm saying newborn. Baby. I'm saying newborn. This is saying children under age one. Yes. It, and that, that's basically what it is. Like, it's, it's not like, I don't know, if my parents caught COVID, they would be quite sick. And they would probably have symptoms regardless of anything else. The chances of Finn catching COVID are slim, but if he caught it, it would be bad. That's what it is. Similar to, like... You know, the reality is, like, if I catch COVID, it would be a bummer for me. Like, I, because I, like, take care of a baby. But I probably yeah. wouldn't be in the hospital. If you, um, this is interesting, too. If um, a mother catches COVID, it actually, like, they, there's no reason, even in the hospital, they don't keep you away from the baby. Um, they gave me a COVID test when I went into labor. And I was negative. But if I was positive, they, it's not like they would have kept the baby away from me. Is that? I mean, I wish I, I wish that this article had a date on it. No, because it it that. says in here that, however, if you are severely ill with COVID nineteen, you might need to be temporarily separated from your newborn. And it's it's specifically talking about women who are positive and giving birth. That's not that was not the policy at, right. our, at right. our hospital. And I wonder if this article came out. There's no before there's no date on it. We gave birth. It's... Oh, October twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Maybe it's newer. Um, but I don't think, yeah. I still don't think that people are, they're, I mean, maybe it's brand new newborns they don't keep away from, they don't keep away brand new newborns from mothers. And maybe if they're slightly not as new, has not been living inside of you very recently, they yeah. take them away. But, you know, if you're nursing, especially, if you have antibodies for COVID, you're giving the baby the antibodies. So if you're sick yeah. with the virus, you are giving the baby antibodies. That's like the same reason why like you don't need to stay away from your baby if you have if you're like have a cold and you're nursing because your breast milk has the antibodies for the cold that you have. Yeah. So the chances of that kid getting the, that cold are pretty slim because they're getting your antibodies. So that's good news. But that being said, I don't want to have to be separated from my baby. No. So we've been pretty careful to not, you know, to do only very safe activities. Yeah. That's been another uh, interesting experience having a new kid throughout all of this is navigating relatives and... Uh, the nightmare that that is. Yeah. Yeah. You know... People were, so um, when Finn was three weeks old, my mm-hmm. grandfather died. Um, and we tried to get to Connecticut to see him before he died. And we did not make it. But we that weekend, there was a, honestly, like it was a, there was a wake. We went in and we left. Like we didn't stay 
Um, and then there was like an outdoor lunch afterwards, which was again, like in retrospect, I probably probably shouldn't have gone. Um, well, we probably should have not stayed for as long as we did, but I, you know, it was grieving and didn't really want to it's that's the thing where it's like you're when when bad stuff happens or even when good stuff happens you don't want to think about the fact that it's like you shouldn't be doing something because of a disease that makes you very sad yeah like that you know it's it's yeah it's very hard to navigate or to communicate our comfort level to all of these people who are seeing our brand new kid and they're very excited and we're very excited but also there's a pandemic so there are certain precautions we need to take and some people are very respective of that and some people uh, are not and you know it's hard to be at least it was hard for for us and for me to be like assertive in the moment of like no this is our comfort level this is what we're doing not that anyone really has tried to to like take him out of our arms or anything but just you know proximity and stuff like that it's that's that's been a very a very tough thing to to navigate it hasn't been as much of an issue that was an issue because that was a you know, a circumstance I mean, we didn't think we would be Yeah, in. everybody was, like, so, like, emotions were so high. And, like, you know, somebody died who everybody really cared about. And so, like, they really, people were, honestly, like, bringing a baby into that was, like, a beacon of lovely light for everybody. And nobody, yeah. like, asked to hold him or touched his face or anything. But people did, like get pretty close yeah and everything ended up fine but now now i feel like we wouldn't let that happen again having a little distance from the event and 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 distance from the emotions of you know grief and and all of that yeah but it also like watching watching uh people you know on facebook and all that like my friends not all my friends obviously most of my closer friends have been extremely careful because we're all overachievers who are the people who did all the work in the group projects um (laughs) but like watch it there's a lot of people who i know who are just kind of living their lives normally um not like completely normally but like pretty normally and i just don't understand how you like i don't like there are some people who i know who have kids who have babies who are living their lives pretty normally i guess if your city didn't get ravaged by this disease the way that our city did you might not be taking it as seriously but like i don't know a lot of people are dead man like it's 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 not it's not a it's not a joke so like watching people be not careful while we are being so careful there's a little cognitive dissonance there for me yeah, it's also hard to know exactly how not careful people are being. Yeah, that's because true. they're they're you know we're, all we're seeing is what they put on social media, which is like went you to know, a party. Yeah, they like it's a picture of them with a group of people with no masks on, and it's like w- without having any information, that looks very unsafe, and it is like no matter what, it is. But maybe that was an isolated incident, but it, it's still like. It's it, what it is to me is like, you know, like it's all those celebrities who are doing those those wild, huge parties. And they're like, well, we all got private. We all got tested before. And I kind of just want to be like, great. Like, don't do it or really don't brag about it. Like, don't talk about it. Like, if you have the resources to, like, have everybody in your group get a test and quarantine for two weeks properly. Like, Josh goes out and works. Like, Josh does not work from home. And so, like, we could not, we cannot properly quarantine for two weeks. 
Like that is not something we can actually do. I don't like, he doesn't see anybody without a mask on, but you know, that's, he still exits the apartment. We don't get yeah. our groceries delivered. Like that's just, that's not something we can do. I mean, we could get our groceries delivered, but you can't stay home. No. So, like, just, like, the fact that, like, you don't know what people are doing. You don't know the backstory. And you have to assume the best in people. But, like, posting on your social media that you are going out and doing that stuff is kind of like saying, I condone doing this stuff. Especially if you're not being specific on social media. Yeah. You're like, I condone parties. It's like, well, don't. Don't condone parties. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Like, how hard is it to not go to a party? And, like, I say that I know it's hard. Like, I also, I'm, I've had a hard time with, especially, like, oh, my God, with a baby right now. Yeah, we want, we, we like I was saying, like, we want people to see the baby and meet the baby. And, and yeah. in any other, any other instance, we would be having people over friends all the time. over all the time like yeah. every every weekend we would have someone over to to hang out with the baby to see the baby but that's just not realistic so like no. we have when the weather's nice we've taken walks with people outside but like it's it's hard to yeah. not it's hard to have done you know such extreme uh gone to such extreme measures during this pandemic and lockdown for so long and lost so and, much because of it. Right. People yeah. have but I feel like the people that the people that are that are like going out and going to these parties and doing maskless things and and being a little uh, irresponsible are not the people that have lost things. They're the people who it hasn't affected as much, so they don't feel the the full they don't feel the stakes. They don't feel the they haven't felt the actual effects. Yeah. I wonder if I would have been if I would have reached out to people in the neighborhood the way I did, if it weren't for COVID, though. That's a good I, question. I doubt I would have. Like, I was right. having such a hard time meeting other moms, other people who were going to be moms, because none of our friends have kids. And and usually you'd be out, in, we'd be out in the neighborhood or at the coffee shop, and, you know, maybe you start a conversation with another parent. and Yeah, and but then... I was barely showing when we went when like we, we went to quarantine so like nobody knew like you know if you're like visibly hugely pregnant and you go outside people will start to talk to you about being visibly hugely pregnant sure but i mean i mean like walking around with a stroller and seeing oh, another yeah. seeing another couple with a stroller and and maybe like having a conversation maybe having a conversation and then and then you know maybe a, a parent friendship evolves from there but that but wasn't even, we would have been going to like on this on my maternity leave i might have started doing a mommy and me class of some sort yeah. might have taken him to the coffee shop down the street and done the baby classes there right they do little music classes yeah and, and like even though there is no reason for me to take my child to a music class as i have been a music teacher for babies that was one of my jobs in the past yeah um, but, it's... but it has nothing to do with like the pedagogy it has to do with like meeting other people and socializing yeah um so, but what, what, I was, what I was saying, though, is that because of this, a woman in our neighborhood created a Facebook group that's like, Ditmas Park families do summer 2020. And we've been, like, I've been going on walks with other moms in the neighborhood to be like, you know, people who are reaching out because they're like, everybody who I know has left the city. And does anybody want to go on a walk? All of the women who I have been talking to are extremely kind, really wonderful women who I 
and not all of them are women that we walk with. Although I think all the people who we, I've been walking with are women, but some people in the group are non-binary, and there are dads in the group. Josh is in the yeah. group. Yeah. Um, but all the people who we've met are extremely kind and wonderful yeah. people, and you know, it's cool to hang out with people who have babies who are. Yeah. And it's possible that someone may have created that group in the before times under normal circumstances. It's possible. It's possible, you know. But, I don't know if I but, would have looked for it in right, the before times. Right. We might not have. We might not have. I might not have cared. Yeah. Yeah. But it has been. It has been good. Like you've been able to go on, go on walks during the day, and we've done like we did a big meetup in. We're Prospect doing another park. one this Saturday. I forgot to tell you. Oh okay. Yeah, it's on the other side of the park this time. Right. Still closer to us than it is to most people. But yeah. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Prospect Park is my backyard. We were lucky with COVID. We with the with the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. There were people who had to give birth alone, and that was not the case for us. Um, yeah, earlier on in the in the lockdowns, there they were not allowed birthing birthing parents yeah. were not allowed to have anyone in the room with them, which it's awful. Sounds like I a, don't know what I would have done. Yeah, like I mean, I'm sure there are some people that w- wouldn't mind that, but I think I mean, like truly. I am the kind of person who would not mind that. Like, I am the kind of person who likes to go through things by myself. Yeah. I would not have liked that. Not having the option to have you there would have been really tough for me. Also, like, for you, it would have been really hard. I mean, I ended up having to have Where would I have been, like, doing laps around the outside of the hospital? Like, what what would I be allowed to do? I don't know. But I ended up having to have an emergency C-section, and it would have been really, really scary to do that. That was significantly scarier than anything else. Yeah. The contractions, the ending up having to get an epidural, getting like hooked up to all those machines, blah, 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 blah. Like all of that stuff was scary. There was nothing scarier than that operating room. Yeah. So, and having to do that alone would have been nightmarish. Yeah. It was nightmarish but, as it was. Right. It wasn't, it, yeah. It was it was still uh, you know a very a very tough experience more so yeah. for for you than me but I mean yeah. um, I I would think we, so yeah I, I had major surgery and you yeah sat. and I was there <laughs> um, yeah like you said we we were lucky that when it was time for you to give birth that restrictions had been relaxed and. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, was allowed to be in the op, or the, I was allowed to be in the operating room. I was allowed to be in the birthing room. The only fa- the only place I wasn't allowed was in the the triage, triage area, which yeah. um, that was hard. Right. So we got there. We went into the got to labor and delivery. The receptionist took you to the triage room, and then I sat out in the waiting room. I made a huge mess in yeah. the waiting room. My water was broken, so that's yeah. what happened. I'm sure they. It happens all the time. I'm sure it does. Um, but I, I actually, again, love the hospital, love Brooklyn Methodist. Um, they have doulas there, um, just like on staff. And the doulas were allowed to be in the triage room with me. And they asked me if I wanted a doula for triage. And I was like, yes. And she came and she had an ice pack. And yeah. she like, what, she got me through my contractions you know, it was good to have a person in there because, like, I was that they were waiting for a room to open up for me, and I was in there. I was in triage for a while. It was a little while. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, it. I'm sure it felt it like it felt like seven hours. Yeah, 
It probably was probably half an hour, maybe more. Yeah, I was going to say about half an hour. I wasn't planning on having like my mom in the delivery room with me um, or a friend or anything. Yeah. But I, it, it sucks when there's then that option goes away. Like, right. And for me, I did not want my mom in the room. But there are people who would have really like who want their like like where birth is like a, a team sport. Yeah. And I, I really my heart goes out to those people. Because, like, you really, like, what are you going to, you have to choose between the other parent, if there's a second parent, and your your mother, or, like, your sister, or, you know, like, yeah. how, how do you choose? Well, I hope that anybody that was in that situation, I hope their family made it easier Easy. for them. Yeah, but, um, sure. But it's, it's, all, it's all hard. Yeah. So when it comes to COVID and babies... There are, part of the problem is that there aren't a lot of answers. Yeah. And everybody's kind of playing it by ear. And I don't like that. <laughs> I'm a planner. I like knowing what things, what what's happening. I like no, having very specific plans. I like going with the science. And it's really hard for me to to not have all the answers. And I think it's really tough for a lot of new moms to and new parents generally to have to not have answers right now having a baby is already a a huge undertaking and then to happen to get pregnant and be having a baby during a global pandemic yes as a person with anxiety uh... i probably wouldn't have chosen to have a baby right now yeah i mean he's a blessing he is the only good thing about this year so far and i'd agree with that yeah (laughs) but it it is Having this added anxiety isn't necessarily something I would have chosen had I had I had all the information. But I would not change anything. Let's make that clear. Of course, I am very happy that I have a very healthy, beautiful baby. So he's the best. Yes. All right, Cassie. Josh. To close out the episode, Mm -hmm. it's time to toast to something or someone. Toast to the future. What is your toast for this week? A toast to all of the COVID babies. May they be healthy and may they have awesome stories from their parents telling them how hard it was to uh, have a baby right now. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. My toast goes out to the parents out there that are working from home while taking care of their kids, while making sure those kids are doing some sort of distance learning or having to go into school or whatever it is through all of this. It's tough, but it's all going to be okay. Yeah. It, it will end. It will. Someday, this too shall pass. And we're all in it together. That is it. Uh, this week... For No Whiskey for Baby, thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, No Whiskey for Baby. Rate and review, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.